Yes, I know that's a weird way to start the podcast. Some of you may immediately understand exactly what that is and what that's from. Some of you will not. That is actually a transitional scat used by Mr. David Lee Roth in his song, Just a Gigolo slash I Ain't Got Nobody. It had basically two titles to the song. I don't recall the exact year that it was released. I'm going to guess maybe like 88, 89. That sounds about right. But of course, given the title of this episode, using those silly scat lyrics from a song, I Ain't Got Nobody, seemed very fitting. Now, I'm going to do my best on this episode, and maybe a lot of that will have to come during the post-production period, where I'm adding my sound effects and all of that stuff. I will do my best to try and not have this be just a major downer of an episode, but it will be a very real episode. I will be talking about myself in depth, my mental state, my perspective, and as I always try and do on this podcast, I'm going to try and keep it 100% real. If there's one thing about me that's never really been a big issue, I don't embarrass very easily. I'm the guy that's willing to do the ridiculous shit that other people aren't willing to do in order to give other people a laugh. Speaking of which, you know, it's not surprising, not to me, as somebody who's a former stand-up comedian and is doing a comedy podcast, you know, it's not a surprise to me, and I'm sure many people are very aware, especially after the passing or the suicide of Robin Williams, that depression and comedy very much and in very many instances go hand in hand. A lot of the people, a lot of very famous, prominent comedians have suffered or are currently suffering from a severe level of depression. But the reason I say it makes sense is because you almost have to have some, like if you're just like a super happy-go-lucky person who's had a perfect upbringing and never really had any tragedy or any obstacles or things to deal with in life, it's a little difficult to pick things apart in life and find things and ways to make things funny. There's a lot of cynicism and criticism very much on the surface of a lot of stand-up comedy. But because it is delivered with the intent of making people laugh, it, for some reason, we as the audience of a comic, we don't really dissect or look too deeply into what caused that person to have that observation or perspective in order to spin it into a joke that we found funny and that we would never have otherwise thought of. Now, I would not say that I'm somebody who has dealt with depression extensively. Have I been depressed for the majority of the last two years? Absolutely. I know a lot of people have because of COVID. And I'm sure that I've gone through bouts of depression, you know, undiagnosed or not even necessarily self-recognized in my life. Not saying that I had a bad childhood or a bad upbringing, but there was definitely a big disconnect from myself and my dad. And to an extent, my brother, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was a boy. My dad was very conservative from his upbringing. He was a jock with football, track, baseball, all of that stuff growing up. And he, of course, wanted his boys to follow in his footsteps and hopefully be even better than him. And I'm sure he would have loved nothing more than to send us one of his two sons, if not both of them, to a college, a, a big college where they would play every Saturday in a football game or maybe make it to the NFL or maybe Major League Baseball. I was not really into sports. I was, I'll be honest, I was afraid of the ball. I don't like people throwing balls at me. I don't care if it's a football, a baseball, whatevs. The sports I tended to gravitate towards were swimming, tennis, 
soccer. And yeah, I know soccer can get kind of rough. Not necessarily violent, but it can be kind of rough. I tried playing baseball when I was really young, but that did not last very long. Because as I mentioned, I don't like people winging hard balls at my head. I was very small for my age up until probably my freshman, sophomore year of high school. So even when I tried to play football starting in middle school, I was teeny tiny. I sucked. I didn't like it. And everybody else on the team was so much bigger than me. And when the objective is for someone to hit you, well, you can see why that wasn't something that I was like, oh, I can't wait till after school so I can go get the shit smashed out of me by my teammates. But for that reason, you know, I definitely I gravitated more towards art, drawing, music, things that I'm still doing now entertaining. You know, I can't tell you how many times I heard growing up from one or both of my parents, stop showing off. That's just who I was. But I know that had to have been a disappointment for my dad. My brother, who's two and a half years older than me, he was the jock that excelled and did pretty well at football and baseball and, you know, the manly sports. Meanwhile, by my junior and senior year, you know, I'm playing in a rock band and I'm growing my hair out and I got my ear pierced. And it was not uncommon for my dad to make jokes at my expense about, I guess, how would you put this kindly while representing the time, I guess, that I was a little faggy. I know one line that I recall him using on several occasions when he knew other people would be around to laugh at my expense and enjoy his joke was that all I needed was a set of tits and I'd be a girl. And that was making fun of the fact that I had long hair and ear jewelry. Now, granted, things were provided for me growing up. My mother was always loving and supportive of me. Thank you, Mom. But I'm sure there were demons and things that maybe I even to this day have not dealt with. I graduated at the age of 17, and my parents were moving down to Jackson, Mississippi, because my dad had already taken a new job months before my graduation, and they were essentially waiting for me to graduate until they were basically going to immediately move. And I didn't want to move down to Jackson, Mississippi, because I had a band and I had a life here in Columbus. So from the age of 17, I have lived independently. I've never moved back in with my parents, not for a minute or a day, even when they came back to Columbus. That doesn't mean I didn't struggle. Throughout my 20s and my 30s, I've had multiple failed marriages. I always wanted to have kids, but at the age of one and two, their mom and I split, and so now I'm a single father of two very little children that never really got to enjoy any kind of true family dynamic that they can remember. For pretty much my entire 20s and the first half of my 30s, I was very paycheck to paycheck, very broke. I've had cars repossessed. I've had a house foreclosed on. Countless, countless disconnect notices. And sometimes those disconnect notices just didn't get paid. And guess what? Shit got shut off. And now I'm scrambling to figure out how to get enough money to get my electricity turned back on. Luckily, by my mid-30s, I had kind of, through motivation and determination, I had worked my way up the ladder of the workforce to where I was able to start earning a much more dependable and reliable and decent living and wage. But of course, money isn't everything, so that didn't solve all of my issues and problems with relationships, whether it be with a woman or with friends or bandmates, etc. 
And then I experienced about 10 years of stability at the last job that I had where my salary continued to grow as I would create and find new opportunities for myself at this company. And then I left that company due to issues of morality and ethics with management in the last week of February 2020. Yeah, I know. Bad timing. Because about one to two weeks later, all of a sudden, quarantine time. About three weeks into quarantine, my girlfriend and I broke up. So now it's, you know, quarantine. My daughter is officially an adult at 18 years old, and my son is 17 and working a job. So I rarely saw them. So I spent the majority of the quarantine very, very, very much alone. I had ended my band in October of 2019, which worked out because all of our gigs in 2020 would have been canceled. But I didn't even have that to occupy me with anything to do. Hence why I wrote and recorded a four-song solo EP album, Ghosts, which you can find online. I started this podcast. I was doing whatever I could to occupy myself. But as you know, this podcast, my solo album, all that shit has one thing in common. It's just fucking me. So I'm sure early into the quarantine process, I was already probably exhibiting signs of depression that maybe I didn't recognize or I just assumed, hey, everybody's going through this. Deal with it. Buck up, asshole. Don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Be productive. Make the best of it. And as I've discussed in previous podcasts, I get a text from my former bandmate to let me know that a former bassist in three bands that I've been in and one of the best friends I've ever had in my life had passed away on July 1st of pancreatic cancer only 10 months after the initial diagnosis. So it just it happened fast. And of course, it's not like you could spend time with him or hang out with him. You couldn't spend time or hang out with anybody. It was quarantine. It was COVID. It was, oh, no, the world is going to end. So that really sucked, and that really fucking broke me. About three weeks after Nick's passing, my dad went into the hospital, and he had been in and out of the hospital and the ICU with different medical conditions. He just didn't take good care of himself. And we had had a pretty strained relationship for a long time. I'm sure a lot of it having to do with my upbringing and just the distance and not really being the son that he expected I could be. But because this is during COVID and he was in the ICU, he was allowed one visitor a day from 2 to 7 p.m. And my Aunt Kathy, who lives about two hours away, she would come up a couple days a week and visit with him. And every day that she didn't, I would go in and at least spend a couple hours in his room. Despite our strained relationship, it's not like I just was like, fuck him. And then there was an emergency procedure and surgery that needed to happen just kind of out of the blue, which had complications then. Things got really bad. He was essentially on life support, and because I was his power of attorney, as his only relative that lived in central Ohio where he lived, I was the one who had to make the decision to turn off the machines. And despite our strained relationship or lack of relationship in general, I want to tell you the weight of having to make that decision. Like it almost burdened me even more because I felt like, am I making this decision too soon? Am am, am I so detached from a relationship with him? Should I be the one making this decision? Now, luckily my aunt and pretty much the entire doctor staff agreed that it was the right time and it wasn't too soon. It doesn't mean if I would have left the machines on for another week or two that he wouldn't have lived for that week or two. Doesn't mean that he would have. But unfortunately, he was semi-conscious during this time for almost two weeks. 
I mean, his stomach was open because they had had to go in and have multiple emergency procedures following the initial emergency surgery. And it was to a point where they're like, well, if we have to do another procedure or a surgery, that will absolutely kill him. So instead of closing him up, we're just going to leave him open so that if we have to go back in for any reason, the mortality risk is a little lower. And it just got to a point where I felt like he was more or less a science experiment. Without those machines, he would absolutely have not been alive. And because he was conscious, I was able to talk to him. I mean, he had in, he was intubated, so he had a tube down his throat. He couldn't talk, but he could kind of nod his head. And I mean, his gaze was very distant and sleepy looking the majority of the time because he was obviously on a ton of pain meds. But I straight up asked him, Dad, are you ready? Do you want to keep fighting or are you done? And he indicated that he was ready to stop fighting. So that sucked. During all of this, my stepfather, who he and my mom lived down in South Carolina, my mom is still there, he had been fighting stage four throat and tongue cancer, which had been diagnosed, oh, maybe again about 10 months prior to that. He had had problems long before that, but they just, for some reason, had never been able to peg down a diagnosis and determine the proper treatment. So by the time they did make the diagnosis, there wasn't really a whole lot they could do. So in mid-September, I want to say September 18th, he passed away. And while I didn't have like a crazy close like fatherly-son bond with him because he and my mom got married when I was in my 30s and basically lived down south the majority of their marriage. I mean, I would see him a couple times a year, but it's not like I grew up with him, you know, as a kid and he was my stepdad. However, I did have a better relationship with Bob than I did with my own father. So that hurt. I think the worst part of losing Bob was just the fact that I've always been so close with my mom and just seeing her pain while I was already still dealing with the very recent grief of the loss of Nick, of my dad, to say that, you know, that period of time was damn near unbearable is probably an understatement. So all that to say, 2020, I know it was very difficult for everyone. I'm not trying to compare dicks here. I'm just pointing out that the fact that I feel like I am still in a pretty bad funk, I'm, I'm giving myself a little credit and a little understanding because, you know, in my head, I want to be like, what the fuck, dude? Snap the fuck out of it. Move on. Life goes on. But for anyone who's dealt with depression to this extent, easier said than done. Some of you might be saying, why don't you go see somebody, Jeff? Well, I can't because I haven't worked since February of 2020. I have not had health insurance since February of 2020. So I pretty much write myself a prescription every night for Coors Light, and that's how I'm medicating. I know, not the best way to do it. And again, I apologize if this is coming off as a very dark, depressing episode. I know it's going to be, but again, I'm being as real with you guys as possible. I'm not trying to hide behind anything or only give you, you know, a certain perspective. I am just basically exposing myself completely and just saying, look, this is me, good or bad. I know probably, if at least from my perspective, most of it is bad. And a lot of that is my own doing. As I've told you guys, the, the whole concept of the title of this podcast, Jeff Becomes Jeff, is that I've always been not really the most social person out there. I can be and come across very fucking social. I can be the life of a party. I can be the guy that everyone is just laughing nonstop because I'm on a fucking roll. But that's because I am able to flip a switch in certain situations 
Whether I'm on stage performing, whether I'm around a group of people, it's like my defense mechanism is to be this entertainer in order to hide the fact that A, maybe I don't really want to be around people, or B, maybe I don't think people really want me around. I can't tell you the last time that I was invited to do anything of a social perspective by anyone. Last month, we had the reunion get-together of the Lovebenders, my old band, but, you know, of course I was invited to that. I'm the lead fucking singer of the band. I wouldn't necessarily call that an invite to a social gathering because my presence was more or less required or else the event, the social event, would have been rescheduled until I was available. But no one texts me and asks me, hey, you want to come to a Halloween party? Hey, you want to come over and watch the Buckeye game? Hey, you want to go get a beer? I could not tell you the last time that someone invited me to do something socially when it did not involve me either performing, being a part of someone's show, whether it be a podcast or something like that. Now, to be fair, like I said, a lot of that is my fault. Because a lot of times I'm, there's a part of me that I'm glad no one is asking me because I'm not sure I really want to do that stuff. But in, in the back of your mind, it's like, you know, you're more bothered by the fact that no one is even offering. I'm not even getting a chance to say no or make a decision if I am or not going to accept the invitation. So I don't necessarily blame people anyone I know for not inviting me to do things because you know what? I'm not inviting them to do anything either. But I do think the general lack of interaction with other human beings is probably lending to the depression that I have been having. And included in that is the fact that I haven't had a job during this entire time. Even DoorDash, 95% of the people on DoorDash, when they give you the delivery instructions, leave it at my door. They don't want you knocking. They don't want you smiling and saying thank you or whatever. They just want you to leave it on their door, take a picture, get the fuck off my property, and I'm going to wait till you drive away before I even open the door. So my interaction with people is so limited, and I'm sure that there is some psychological negative byproduct of not interacting with people almost exclusively. It is not uncommon for me to go two or three days in a row without getting a single text from anyone. That's not uncommon at all. And almost every time that I do hear from someone, it's my mom, who also is probably going through her own depression because of the loss of her husband recently and having to be with him in their home when he died. So to an extent, we're both just a couple sad sacks leaning on each other for occasional support or just feeling like, okay, we're, we're still human beings and have a reason to live because occasionally we talk. Now, I'm not saying I'm suicidal, Yay! so don't worry about that. I do believe suicide is a very, very selfish act. I would never, ever consider it primarily because I would not want to do that to my kids or my mom. That said, if my mom and my kids were all on an airplane taking a trip and that plane crashed, I would probably stick a gun in my mouth before the funeral. This is such an uplifting episode, Jeff. I know. I warned you. But in addition to just the complete lack of interaction or interest in my presence from just about everyone I know, or rather, that's how it appears, perhaps they just know or assume that I'm not interested in social gatherings, and then therefore they just don't ask me. And in many instances, they would not be wrong. So I am not faulting the people that I know or call friends. 
However, even as an entertainer, you know, I've got the podcast. I've got social media. Social meets. I've got my gigs and live performances. I've got the album that I released last year. I've got another full album that I have recorded, and all I have to do is just finish producing it, master it, and then it's ready to go. If I really buckled down, I could probably finish it in three weeks. But months ago, I just kind of stopped the progress because it was like, why bother? What the fuck? Why why am I going to spend all this time and even money in order to finish it and get it uploaded and available on streaming services? Why am I going to do that? Because no one gives a fuck about my last one. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I use what's called a digital distribution company that essentially I pay them a fee and then they pump the songs out to all the different streaming and download services. iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Napster. Yeah, even Napster. I mean, it's fucking everywhere. And they will cut me a check once I hit a certain threshold. I believe that threshold is set at either $10 or $20. And whenever I make at least $10 or $20 cumulatively from downloads or streams of my EP, they will deposit money into my bank account. I released that EP last summer. Hell, it might have even been like May of 2020. I've never gotten one deposit from my digital distribution company, which means I have not made even 10 or $20, whatever the threshold is, I've not even made that much. So clearly, no one gives a fuck. And that makes it very hard to motivate myself to want to put out another project, which this one is twice as long as the last one, twice as many songs. And just feel like, what who what the fuck? Am I just writing these songs for myself? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy my own music. It's not like I sit around listening to it, but I'm very proud of what I put out when I release it, and I'll listen to it when it's new, and maybe occasionally I'll listen to a song here or there, but no one fucking cares. Now, the podcast, it's doing decent. I mean, again, the numbers aren't off the fucking charts. I don't want to make you guys who are my routine and regular listeners feel bad. But it, it is, you know, going through another plateau right now where the numbers kind of hit a, a what I felt was like a really big growth point with the podcast and then just kind of stayed there, which that's okay. I do know that I have an audience, so at least on the bright side, I don't feel like it's a total waste of my fucking time to sit down twice a week, record an episode, and keep in mind that means coming up with the ideas and coming up with bullet points and things I want to talk about. Then I put hours and hours of time into the production of the episode in order to upload it. So every week, I'm probably putting about close to 20 hours of time into this podcast in order to release two episodes a week. And that's okay. I enjoy it. I've mentioned it before. I do think it's a good outlet. It lets me vent. It's almost like a form of therapy to an extent, even though there's no one fucking listening or nodding their head along with me or giving me any kind of fucking feedback. But I do know people are hearing it. I know maybe there's a lot of times that people agree with the rants and the rampages that I go on about shit that drives me fucking batty. Or maybe there's people out there that are laughing at something silly that I said or some weird sound effect or song that I wrote that I plugged in to the background. And maybe that person needed that laugh. We all need laughter. I laugh listening to many of the episodes of my podcast when I'm producing them and doing a final test. Again, I don't go back and listen to my podcast episodes once they're released. I will listen to it once pre-release to make sure there's no glitchiness. But yeah, I laugh at some of my own shit. 
So a lot of that does motivate me to continue doing this podcast. And there's no fear in the immediate future for any of you diehard listeners that this is going to stop anytime soon. If I felt like watching, you know, the stats and the numbers were just dwindling and going down and only, you know, five people are listening every week, then I would probably fucking say, okay, fuck it. I'm not going to waste 20 hours a week for just fucking five people. One of which I know is my fucking mom. Sorry, mom. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying if she wants to hear me rant and be silly, she can just pick up the phone and call me. The majority of you guys listening to this podcast can't do that. So she doesn't need the podcast, is my point. And I have complained extensively on many, many, many episodes of Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast about social media and basically how I don't use it. And I know I should. I know I should primarily to promote this podcast, to promote my music. I don't give a fuck about telling people what my mood is or posting a picture of the bucket of fried chicken that I just got from KFC. Because pretty much all of these people that follow me on social media or are quote-unquote, finger quotes, friends, I don't really have a personal relationship with them. They do not actually know me at all. I'm sure they would be more than happy to send me a a hug-like emoji or, you know, fill the comments with reinforcing or supportive or agreeable or disagreeable things if I was constantly posting like the majority of people do. But because I can be a very cynical person, those comments would irritate me so much because I know that these people would be trying to react and talk to me as if they were actually close personal acquaintances or friends and they don't know fucking dick about me. And all of this brings me to my recent usage of TikTok, which I mentioned briefly at the end of my last episode. I've always been a big fan of filmmaking and things like that. I love doing things comedically. So the idea of being a content creator, almost, you know, from a comedic perspective, similar to what I'm doing with the podcast, because, yes, this is content creation. I am already a content creator, just not in the way that you think of it from an Internet perspective. But I I would very much enjoy and have fun making content that is comedic and video based to put on social media platforms. So I finally decided to give TikTok a try with the sole intention of trying to promote and bring more awareness to the podcast. And it's been very eye-opening seeing the response that I've gotten to the handful of videos that I've put out in less than a week since I joined TikTok. You know, going back to what I said earlier about how I'm not easily embarrassed and I will go to certain lengths if I think that it's funny and for the cause of what I'm trying to do. I have seven TikTok videos posted so far in less than a week. Two of them, I am in a state of undress. One of them, I am in a t-shirt and boxer shorts. And in one of them, there is a a sequence during the video where I am completely shirtless. And I've gained weight during COVID. I do not have a very good physique unless you're, you know, like into the physique of a Thanksgiving ham. So nothing about it is flattering, but I am willing to commit 150% to the comedy if I feel that that serves that purpose. Now, in less than a week on TikTok, I have eight followers. I want to say only one of those followers is someone I don't know. So pretty much all of those followers are people that I know that I am Facebook friends with, and I, I shared one of my first videos to say, hey, I'm on TikTok, and some of them were responsive. 
at least responsive in regards to going click and hitting the follow button on my TikTok page. Some of my videos are doing okay from a viewership perspective. I mean, I'm not going off the fucking charts here. Again, looking at my seven videos, I've got 41 views, 52, 48, 69, 170, 458, and 36. The 36 is my newest video that I released late last night, and I think the best video that I have posted. It is very, in my opinion, comical and topical because it is a kind of a joke about me trying to figure out how to become a content creator and make money doing that. The video that has 458 views is actually like on TikTok, they have what's called a duet where you can basically do a split screen. So you take someone else's video on TikTok, then you can add your own video beside it. And it's it's a, a video of Biden at a press conference or something where he's talking about preparing for hurricanes. So I'm guessing this was a couple months ago or whatnot, but preparing for hurricanes. And one of the most important things you can do to prepare for hurricanes is to get vaccinated, which of course I saw that and I'm like that is like one of the dumbest fucking statements and yes I know I've gotten comments on that video already of uh, you know most people seem to like it or don't disagree with the fact that I posted it but there's been a handful of people like well in a hurricane people are going to need to be forced into these larger facilities and so yeah duh you idiot they need to be vaccinated yes but preparing for a hurricane the, the, the number one thing you need to fucking worry about, and I know this because my mom lives in fucking right outside of Hilton Head, and she's had to deal with evacuations many times. Getting fucking COVID vaccinations are not the main thing that people need to be fucking worrying about. So I was just basically making fun of that fact. But I find it sad that the video that has as many views as probably the rest of my videos combined is the only one that's really not my original content. I, I, you can't even hear my voice because you can hear the video. It's just me making facial reactions to him speaking. So that's frustrating. You know, I've been telling you guys on the podcast at the end of the podcast to go follow me on social media on Twitter. I think I'm up to 13 followers now, but I know who that 13th follower is. And I was at 12 before I started the podcast. So I know for a fact that none of you who listen to the podcast have actually gone to my Twitter feed and followed me, which is fine. I don't really post anything on Twitter, but I don't post anything, but because I know nobody's fucking paying attention. Like I said about, you know, recording another album. Why the fuck am I going to spend my time doing that if no one fucking cares? I ain't got nobody. I'll be honest, I actually had a discussion with my daughter yesterday that I'm going to cancel Thanksgiving at my house this year. It's, it's fucking pointless. I, I'm like, just go... Have Thanksgiving at your mom's, which they always have done that, but they've kind of split. They've come to my house. We've had an early Thanksgiving here, and then they've gone off to their mom's and done more of a Thanksgiving at, like, dinner time with her mom's side of the family. But this year, for Thanksgiving, it will just be, if I were to do it, my son, my daughter, and myself. And they'll be here for an hour or two, stuff themselves, and then they'll have to take off and go do other shit with other family members. And it, honestly, it just seems fucking pointless for me to spend money and time making this huge fucking meal because it's not like I'm depriving them of getting turkey and stuffing and pumpkin pie and all of that shit. They're still going to get it. They just don't need to worry about trying to have it twice in one day. 
And again, maybe it's, you know, the depressed side of me. But when I finally made the decision, like, okay, that's final. I, you know, I discussed it with her first to get her idea and vibes on it and make sure that it wasn't going to be a huge disappointment to her. I know my son won't really care. I haven't seen him in a couple days. He's been at his mom's. I'll probably see him tonight, at which point I'll bring it up, but he won't care. But I just wanted to make sure it wouldn't upset her if I didn't do it. But once it was agreed that I'm not doing it at my house this year, I was relieved. I'm just at a point right now where I would much rather be home by myself, make a box of fucking Kraft macaroni and cheese, maybe a microwaved hot dog, and just try and be productive or sit around and watch fucking TV. But to sit around and smile and act like I'm excited or even fucking care that it's Thanksgiving Day, that would be a bigger struggle for me than the struggle of just being at home by myself, not even really acknowledging that it's Thanksgiving Day. I'm not going to beg you guys to go find me on social media or anything like that. I would encourage you, if you think the podcast is funny, go find me on TikTok. I can't really say that I'm ever going to be big on Twitter as far as like content creation. Same thing with Facebook. TikTok, because I am a fan of videos and video editing, and it, it is a creative outlet for me to figure out something that I can do or say that I think is comical and deliver it as such. I feel like it is a bit more up my alley. And just like everything else I've discussed, if, you know, a month or two from now, if I'm trying to create content on a regular basis for TikTok, which I plan on doing, I'd like to upload at least one video every other day. Maybe not daily. If I do start to get more followers, yeah, I will target a daily release of something. All that to say, and another thing that I did do or change since the release of the last podcast is I've gone and changed both my Facebook and my Twitter handles to match what my TikTok handle is, which makes sense because the purpose of pretty much all of these social media entities and platforms that I have is to promote this podcast. So now you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. It's very easy. Name of the podcast. There you go. I'm not going to get butt hurt if I don't start seeing followers on any of those channels. I'm not going to stop doing the podcast because at least I do know people are listening to the podcast and I have to assume that they're enjoying the podcast because the numbers aren't going down. Even when they plateau, maybe that just means I, I need to do something to kind of kickstart that listenership, which is the reason why I'm on TikTok. And like I said, if you are a fan of the podcast and you think it's funny and I'm silly or whatever, I do think you'll like some of the stuff I've done on TikTok. I've already deleted two videos that I've posted because I'm like, yeah, that was fucking stupid. So I encourage you to go find me on TikTok at Jeff Becomes Jeff. I'm contemplating adding a YouTube page. Well, I already have a YouTube page, but actually considering content creation for that platform as well. But right now I'm just going to start small with TikTok, do a little more research on just the general idea of content creation in general, and go from there. I apologize if this episode bummed anyone the fuck out. It was not my intent, but this is something that, you know is important to me to discuss and having gotten on TikTok and realizing, you know, just in the very short period of time that I've been on there and posting content and seeing how people are engaging or rather lack thereof, it just continues to feed this mentality that I've been stuck in from a rut perspective of content creation, whether it's music, the podcast, social media, etc., that just puts me in this vibe of what the fuck, why, why do I even bother? 
And because that is, you know, prevalent in my mind right now, and I think relevant to what I'm doing with the podcast, I wanted to have that discussion with you. I wanted to be open. I wanted to discuss it so that, you know, also if any of you guys are feeling very similar to how I'm feeling, you're more than welcome to reach out to me on all of my social media platforms. There's a message button. Send me a message. I'm happy to talk to you. And I'm always aware that I do not have all the fucking answers. Because a lot of times when you want to talk to somebody, the last thing you want is someone who thinks that they just have all the fucking answers. Because in your mind, you're thinking, no, it's, it's not that fucking easy. So if you are suffering with depression or anything uh, along the lines of what I have discussed, hang in there, oh. find a way to be productive, find an outlet. And if you need a good laugh, just go listen to older episodes of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. You're welcome. Yay. Until next time, I'm Jeff. I don't like people winging hard balls at my head. And I'm Jeff. Hummily bibbly zoomily bibbly hummily bibbly zoomily bop. Good night.